0: Hello, my modern women. This is your host, Nicole Colantoni with Single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. woman. Hello, and welcome back to the last Sunday Dating Scaries episode of the season. This week, I am back with Dr. Kelly, psychologist and author of Psychological Secrets for Emotional Success. It's all about love. Together in this episode, we cover various topics to do with love and its challenges from divorce to breadcrumbing to overcoming your relationship pastening. I ask Dr. Kelly whether she thinks dating apps should have a rating system like Uber, as well as what tips she has for getting out of a toxic relationship. Dr. Kelly also shares her insights on how to navigate open relationships and communicate your needs to your partner. My modern women, if ever you thought you were asking for too much from your partner or struggled with setting clear boundaries in a relationship, then this episode is for you. Dr. Kelly, welcome to Sunday Dating Scaries.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: So there have been a lot of couples, celebrities as well as non-celebrities, separating months after their wedding. And a lot of people are being triggered by it. Why do you think this is happening?
1: I think it's always happened, but we have access to the information more than we did in the past. But there is some magical, sometimes not magical transformation that happens from dating to marriage. And if the focus is on a big wedding, the party, how romantic it will all be, then the transition when you're suddenly sharing finances, you know, it's different even when you live together. Many people think, oh, we live together. This is basically like being married, but it's not. There is. So I, I have been married twice. I know something about this. And I will say that there is a big giant difference when you go through the process. It's a cultural norm, but also marriage is an institution. And, you know, people can think that they're prepared, but if they're focusing in the wrong areas, rather than strengthening the relationship, talking about how things are going to change, discussing the nitty gritty things, finances being a huge one. We know that people have trouble with that. Um, A lot of times I see patients who are in a marriage, early in a marriage, and they are saying, well, we're, we're arguing about things, but we've always argued about, well, when you let things go under the carpet, because you're so excited, maybe it's the the time that you want to be married, you know, the time of life, or you want to have a baby, you want to start a family, you know, all of these things impact your decision and you sort of sweep under the rug the reality that you may not be the best partners, then, you know, things can quickly happen after marriage. There is that 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 vow that that culturally binding piece that makes things seem very different and sometimes heavier so if you don't have the right foundation
0: well that's my next question how can we prevent this from happening in our own relationships
1: be honest with yourself i mean that's the easiest how many times how many friends do you have people that you know that you're you know you're watching them get married and thinking Oh, I don't know, you know, you don't, you guys are fighting and there are these three big things here that you don't ever discuss that are going to come up at some point. We know in our guts, you know, and, and I can say in my own history with patients I've worked with, friends, students, all of the signs are there before the wedding, but we just sort of go along and it's true. Once you get engaged, it's almost like a freight train and it can be the most wonderful, exciting freight train, but it can also be a fast free for all where you just keep going through the motions because it's wonderful and exciting. Um, So I would say, listen to your gut, be honest, ask yourselves and your special buddy, your fiance or your whatever, the questions that you're avoiding. If you can't, talk freely and openly about your needs and wants and desires things that are deal breakers for you if you're thinking things will somehow change after you're married they won't <laughs> they won't it'll be amplified actually big very light.
0: i think it's such good advice because i've obviously spoken to my friends about this in depth and we're like surely the problems were already there They were just turning a blind eye to it. And for whatever reason, in those first few months of marriage or even those first two years, they were Mm -hmm. heightened or magnified. And then it all just became too much because they didn't have the hard conversations in the exciting lead up to the wedding. Mm -hmm. But it blows my mind because one of them is getting down on a knee and Mm -hmm. (laughs) asking them to marry them. And it's like, wow, you really are ignoring the important questions before you do that. And I get it. There's no manual to this, but it's just mind blowing that so many people seem to be doing it. And I think you're right when you say it's obviously always been happening. We've just got more insight into it. And hopefully that insight is going to prevent people from making those same mistakes in the future. We can only hope. Yes. Yes.
1: Being honest with yourself and your partner is huge. I mean, I, I If you think about in the past, also people didn't get divorced. So there's a couple of Mm -hmm. things happening. People would put on the facade, they would make do, they would have a baby, they would move, get a different job, do other things that they could do to sort of muddle through. Now people have different choices. So I think that's happening as well. Divorce is very much always on the table, which I want to say, yes, nobody wants to get divorced, right? That's not something you start off However, I do really like the idea that if we think about this in the most positive way possible, that 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 could also mean maybe you should be the best partner possible and not take for granted your marriage. And and that could be a lovely thing, right? Like divorce is part of the world now. When you're married, that's not like, Okay, done. I I give up. You know, I'm just going to be. What I'm not going to change and grow and adapt and and be the kind of partner that is good for this marriage for this life. No, you kind of. It's it's almost like a call to be your best self. I I think it's when the
0: real work starts. Honestly, Mm -hmm. yeah, yes, yeah. The reality sets in, and you've really got to show up for your partner and for Mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. I think that's, that's good advice. Love. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like I just feel like that when it comes to love you also have to choose your partner every single day. It's not just like, yes. well, I've got the ring and the wedding's over and now like you said I can just chill out. It's like no, mm-hmm. you have to make a conscious decision every single day to be the best person that you can be and also encourage your partner to be the best person that they can be. And then it's reciprocal, right? They have to yes. decide as well to mm-hmm. do the same. So, yeah. Uh, A lot of my listeners reach out to me about the troubles they have on dating apps and they have said they wish they could rate matches the same way you rate Uber drivers. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this?
1: I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, (laughs) Well, okay. So here's the key difference. First of all, I think we need to back up. I don't think dating apps are the problem. I think hookup culture is the issue, right? So it's, it's funneling into the way that we meet people. Is there anything fundamentally wrong with hookups? No. Can't that be a great and fun and wonderful thing? Yes. However, hookup culture is a much different thing. When you're talking about something that used to be a fun um exception and now it's really become the norm and committed relationships are becoming the exception. Well, dating apps are sort of a symptom what's happening on dating apps are sort of a symptom of that overall umbrella of, you know, it's very hard to put yourself out there again and again and again under any circumstance, and then add to that, the idea that everything is so fast and that I will say, I think many women that I've spoken to, especially women, I'm sure it's happening to men too. Um, feel like they're being rated without the star system. Mm -hmm. So, so it's sort of there, right? Especially the idea that if I, if I don't conform to this idea of let's meet up, let's hook up, but we can't commit, then they'll just keep swiping and I won't get any love and affection. I won't have any, any intimacy. I won't have any of those needs met. Um, so in a way, it is. It feels like it's already happening, right? The swiping is, is, um, is rating in a way. Totally,
0: totally. And then being ghosted is a form yes. of feedback, right? It's that.
1: That is, it, you know, it used to be you couldn't do that because you'd see people places right? And then you'd have the awkward, horrible conversation. I have to say, I feel lucky about the time that I did most of the, of my dating, because you would see people and other people knew people. So there was this accountability generally, mm-hmm. which is just gone, mm-hmm. you know, there's an anonymity. And so that makes it a lot easier for people to sort of do what they want and disappear on you feel like they have a lot of options not treat people respectfully or, or like another human being with thoughts and feelings. Um, so rating system, I have, I have, you know, an Uber driver is providing a service. Whereas if you rate someone on an app, you're rating a human. Yeah. So, I mean, but would it be helpful? Yes. Do I feel completely conflicted? Yes.
0: Also, yes. It's so subjective. That's the problem. And one person can take something personally that another person wouldn't even take note of. So it's like, where do you draw the line? What are the boundaries? You know, there'd have to be like terms and conditions around it. I think it requires more thought. But if you have had a bad experience with the dating app, of course, your knee-jerk reaction is like, I wish I could rate that person or at least mm-hmm. give the next person some feedback or guidelines. But yeah, I feel like it needs further thought.
1: <laughs> the, the feeling of abundance that I think is not accurate, by the way, it's hard to find a person that you mesh with this kind, that you can have the same values and goals, that you like to have sex with, right. All of those things, but there's a feeling, I think that a lot of, um, particularly men have right now of abundance, you know, well, I'll, you know, I don't need to attach or do the work because it's easy to just keep going. But, you know, we know there's tons of research about this, that the sex isn't even that good. Because if you know within that situation with repeated partners, because no one is leaving that situation feeling satisfied in in that relationship, because that's not you know in, in great sex you learn with each other, like
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's so true. I love what you're saying because I feel like dating apps have given singles, the impression that there is always someone better out there, better suited. And I was single for nine years, so I can wholeheartedly confirm that is not the case. Like you said, it's really difficult to find somebody that you are physically, emotionally, mentally attracted to, also then Mm -hmm. compatible in terms of values and common vision, you know, for how you want to live your life. It is so hard and there are so many things that go into it. But unfortunately, I think particularly younger generations are now almost being conditioned to think that someone greater is just at their fingertips. And so they're acting accordingly. And people are getting hurt in the process. And like you said, casual sex, although, you know, the chase is thrilling, Mm -hmm. often isn't as rewarding as sex that you get in a committed relationship when, like you said, you know the person and what they like Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So, yeah, I feel like there's got to be like a mindset shift that's, you know, to take
1: place it's a cultural shift and I am hopeful because actually in a way COVID resets some of the norms Mm -hmm. and people are yearning for connection and that's good. So I do feel there's a little shift happening. I'm seeing a lot of people committing in a way we were very much moving away from seeking relationships. Um, especially in the twenties, thirties, um, you know, so it's possible people are wanting relationships. You know, the difference, if you've had both types of relationships, you want at the end of a bad day to be able to call somebody. Yeah. I mean, yes, sex is wonderful and great, but also when you're feeling like, Oh, this was just a terrible day. Mm -hmm. That's why we have relationships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah you know? to share the good times and the bad yes you know and yes. i feel like there is a difference between sex and intimacy oh yeah
1: oh yeah. yes 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 i mean so there's all the pieces of it and you know if you're lucky in life you've been able to to do all, all of the things and they're all fun and wonderful and i wish it for everyone at the same time there are things that fulfill you and there are things that that really do take from you and I always tell my patients that your heart is in your vagina because it's very hard to, let's say you like someone, or even if you don't, but you, you have sex with them, you know, oxytocin gets released. This is a facts of life. Whether you, whether we want it to be true or not, we want to be independent. We want to not care. And and then you can do all those things. And yes, it's wonderful to have, you know, um casual encounters with people. However, there is a bonding hormone that happens always. And then if you're close to the person, it, it makes it even more magical and you feel close and cuddly, warm and safe and all of the things that oxytocin brings into your body. However, if you, if you are having sex with somebody that you're not close to, or you don't even really know them, maybe you don't know them at all. When that feeling comes, it can actually leave you feeling unsettled you know, it doesn't always happen. That's not universal. Is it like an empty feeling? Like a
0: bit, va- yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That yes. sort of like vacant, hollow feeling that you get when you've had that intimate exchange with somebody that you're not actually connected to. Yes, yeah.
1: that yeah. is real.
0: How interesting. And you know,
1: it's part of it. And we've all been there. Well, not we've all, but many of us. And And, you know, it, it's just a whole different, experience.
0: Dr. Kelly, is it the same for men and women? Because I feel like women have more of the bonding hormone than men do.
1: Um, so we all, so it's interesting. There's tons of really beautiful research about this in general, human beings have report higher satisfaction with sex when they are in a bold relationship. So that's both. Um, that's not the narrative that we have around no. men, but that doesn't mean that that's how it is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that people look, ultimately, most people look for a partner, mm-hmm. right? We know mm-hmm. that. I mean, you know, so there's a reason for that. And, you know, uh, you know, y- there is something exciting and visceral about new partner or, the, as you said, the chase, all of those things but that's not ultimately satisfying or fulfilling Mm-mm. Mm-mm. for
0: anyone. It's, it's like constant gratification, you yes. know?
1: Yes. Yeah. yes, yeah. It's like eating um, a really big piece of delicious cake. So you should do that because it's fun. But then at the end, you know, especially if the piece of cake was not way too big or whatever, or, you know, whatever it is, You don't feel like, yeah, that was amazing. Let me do that every day. Or, you know, well, I'm glad I did that, but it's...
0: Oh, this is good for me long term. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So... I get it.
0: It's true. It's true. So a listener wrote in and said, I have a few guys on my Instagram account that I have matched with on the apps and they chat to me for a bit and then radio silence but then they still follow me on Instagram. They still like all my content and comment on my stories. So she doesn't get it and wants to know why they bother to do all of that, but they never reply to her text or organize a date. And I feel like this is such a common narrative for single people. Like she is not alone in this experience.
1: No. uh, So... This is actually the most common refrain, right? More common than, oh, and then we started dating. Um, it's it feels like most people on dating apps have a handful, a group of sort of like followers, mm-hmm. right? People you've you've matched with who you go as far as sharing social media handles, I'll think so maybe even phone numbers, you text. It can go far, right? Texting, communicating, get right up to the point of making a date and then right but then staying there for a really, really long time. Why? Why is that happening? First of all, that that that's that is very, very normal right now. It's because the person on the other side isn't ready to date.
0: They so might like you.
1: I mean that's that's the basic I hate that it's that simple.
0: It it really is. They're window shopping.
1: Yes. Yes. And they might even really like you, but here's something that actually makes me, I'll say more than annoyed. I'd say almost mad. They have you in a little jar on a shelf, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping touch. Mm Hi, hi, I'm still here. Yes. I like you. Oh, you're hot or, you know, whatever touch touch, but nothing real. You know, we call that breadcrumbs. That's not a sandwich. Yes. You deserve a sandwich.
0: Mm -hmm. It's so so true. And it's for their own like gratification purposes, you know, it's like completely self-interested. They're not even considering the other person in that equation. And dating apps has allowed for that. Like the model of dating apps, the way it works, you know, it's just, there's nothing you can do. People can get away with that sort of behavior.
1: And I really hope that that's not translating into how we treat other human beings in general, right? Mm-hmm. But there is something about the disconnect that lets us think this isn't real or no one's feelings are getting hurt, but it is, and mm-hmm. they do get hurt. Um, but I would say, as the so the only thing that we can ever control is ourselves, right? Our own dogs. Sure. You can't control anything else. Um, I would say, stop, cut them out. Consider just blocking whatever, because those breadcrumbs make you think that there is a little house at the end and you're going to get a sandwich, but you're not getting a sandwich. It's so So true. I agree
0: because when I was single, I had a lot of those men in my life as well. And there's a part of you that leaves the window open to them. And so long as there is a window open to that, you can't fully be open to somebody who is probably more worthy of your time and energy And it's not until you close all those windows and you actually just like leave yourself open to meeting somebody else that you can refocus your time and attention. It's so difficult to do because you're, you know, there's a part of you that hopes that it eventuates into something. But often, like you said, it's only ever going to be breadcrumbs because they're not actually available or open to dating properly at that time.
1: Also, I feel like this is a woman thing. We... Are such good storytellers. It's truly a magnificent. Oh, like the stuff we
0: make up in our heads. Oh my yes. god! I was married to like fifty people when I was single. <laughs> I saw the white yes. picket fence, the kids, yes. the, you know everything. It's and yes. we had like one dialogue.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. So here he is. He's the one. Blah blah blah. The whole thing, right? So for each of those little breadcrumbs, I want every listener to imagine they have created this whole life, a whole universe, right? That is energy. That's energy that you're not spending on yourself, right? But I don't care. Yes, love is wonderful, but that's energy you could spend on your career, your whatever. I don't care. Yourself, your so time, true. read a book, uh, whatever, you know, go for a hawk or a walk, whatever. I don't, but. But that energy is big energy because we think about it. I know I'm, you know, th- there's this whole world that each new person, each potential meet we meet opens up and we spend time in that world. No. If, if they are not feeding you whole meals, you close the door. You don't mm-hmm. need the breadcrumbs <laughs> and just keep focusing on you and people that might actually open the door because that's pieces of yourself. It's so and true. And, and I think.
0: You know, hearing you now, I feel like it comes down to boundaries, you know? Yes. We've got to get used to, you know, honoring ourselves and implementing boundaries because what I've learned recently is boundaries actually tell and show people how you want to be treated and loved. Yes, And so if you don't have any boundaries, it's a free-for-all. They can treat you however they like and you're inviting that into your space, which is like, like you said, like... Your time and your energy is precious. Treat it like it is.
1: Yes, that is so huge. So, so when I think about everything we've talked about so far together about how, how people are treating each other in dating apps, the only thing we can change is if people say, you know what, this isn't okay with me. I refuse. I'm not, you can't just, you know, get on, make a comment on my post or send me a DM when you're You know, late at night or whatever, or you're lonely or exactly lonely. No, or somebody else didn't respond. Who knows? Whatever, right? And it is unfair. And I deserve and want um, better. So I'll focus on, you know, me. I'll learn how to bake bread. I don't know.
0: And I think what's important with what you're saying is saying that you deserve and want better isn't selfish if you're willing to give someone more than that you know, like honor your boundaries because you know what you're willing to provide in a relationship and how you would treat somebody. So why do you not expect the same in return?
1: You know, do you remember the first thing we talked about was about how we sweep things under the rug Uh and people get married and this is where it starts actually. Wow. Okay. Day one. I have expectations for how I'll be treated. Some really basic things. When I speak, you listen. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: when oh my I god, Dr. Kelly, just to
0: stop you there, I saw this amazing meme, which was women's standards are so low. We're like, oh my god, when I talk, he listens. Like that's yes. something to like celebrate. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yes. our, our I standards saw are so low. <laughs> yes, yes, you. There was there was a funny. It was like a lesbian meme, and it was. The woman was saying, you know, women women's requirements are so low. Something and she was saying it was very funny. Maybe it was a comedian, but she said that and she also said, When I send a woman a message, when they send me a message and I respond, they think I'm amazing. Right. They'll, he didn't are, leave me
0: on red. It's the bare yes. minimum. It's the bare minimum, common decency. <laughs> and we're like, they're amazing. He's such yes. a people. He wrote back.
1: <laughs> is he a 10 or did he respond to my text message? I, oh. I think, I really think that it is basic and it starts there. So let's imagine that you want to build a relationship with one of the 50 men in your parallel universes mm-hmm. that are sending you breadcrumbs. And But then I need to take a step back. Where is that going? Yeah, that's not going somewhere you want it to go. If that's how it, it, you know, there's all these tropes and stories. Oh, it started slow, or we didn't like each other, or we fought all the time, and then it was magic. I want everyone to take all of those and just literally throw them out the window. Those are not healthy or positive, calm, Mm -hmm. loving relationship starts. You write a message, someone responds. You start to like each other, you make a date, you go on a date, you're kind to each other. These are, this is, this is ground level.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> it's so simple yet so difficult.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But I, but I really want women to think to themselves, whoever, whoever's listening, because it happens to men too. Uh-huh. And think to yourself, I, I deserve to be responded to and treated with basic human decency.
0: Totally. They should put that in their like dating handles. (laughs) Don't come at me with anything less than basic common decency.
1: (laughs) You're not giving me a whole sandwich. Go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So a lot of my listeners talk to me a lot about the type of toxic relationships they get stuck in. What tips do you have for getting out of a toxic relationship? Because
1: it's difficult. It's very hard. Yes. Yes. Okay. Particularly so, when
0: children are involved or you've been in the relationship for a long time.
1: Yes. So you have to talk about finances when you, when you're thinking about this, right? So obviously, well, let's talk up. the first thing is safety. There are levels of everything, right? We, we talk about toxic relationships a lot right now, and I'm glad because it's bringing a lot of things to light that we've ignored in the past. However, there is a continuum of toxicity from, um, you know, unhealthy to abuse. Mm -hmm. So, I think first of all you need to recognize do I need help do I need to get a therapist here do I need to involve family I call that support scaffolding so get your support scaffolding lined up right you know and you think about how when we're building we we build this beautiful scaffolding on buildings to both protect the people but also to 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 be safe right to get to get things done so that's when you need to work on something it helps to have that right so whether it's therapist friends family people that that can actually be there for you, like, Mm -hmm. you know, real people. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing after you've established what is happening here and do I need some extra help is that you need to be able to make a plan for what happens next. You know, sometimes things are terrible and people make rash decisions. And that's okay. That happens. But if you have children, if there's property, you know, if there's a marriage that needs to be dissolved, whatever things, you know, are in place, I know this is incredibly hard. I can say I've been through this. You do need to take a step back and get very, very practical, right? So you make sure you're safe and and any children obviously are safe, but then the next thing is try. (laughs) to be as practical as possible. Fighting doesn't help, you know, um, because that can impact a lot of what happens to you next in your life. It can impact how long it takes to separate. It can impact finances. It can impact custody. It can impact a lot of things. So being very clear about where you want yourself to be in a year as clear as possible, and then work backwards from there. But I know this doesn't sound right. Like, obviously you have to get out, but you also have to be really thoughtful. We're talking about big things, right? Especially if you're talking about there are children involved, but in relationships like this, things can be really hot and being able to take a step back and think very practically about where you want to be and how you're going to get there. So, you know, do you need to get a job? Do you need to get a different job? All of those things. How do you line up your finances, right?
0: I think what you're saying is so good because I feel like a lot of people get used to the familiar, even though they're miserable. So you have to create a new familiar. Yes, And that's why you have to, like, like you said, get really clear on where you want to be in that next year and then work mm-hmm. backwards instead of just being, mm-hmm. remaining in this state of inertia, even though you're miserable because you're too scared of what comes next.
1: Miserable, you know, threatened, whatever. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. All of yes. the things, you know, yes. beaten down, you know, I get it. It's mm-hmm. so difficult to take that first step. But that's why I love what you're saying. It's like, just focus on what it looks like in a year when you've regained your sense of self again, you know? Yes. And you've gotten your life back and you've created it the way you want it to look. I think that's really empowering. Most people are so stuck in the now.
1: The year helps. A year is a good amount of time to make a change. Now be realistic, right? About that. But but it definitely helps because I will say also be realistic with yourself about the grief that will likely come. Mm-hmm. And with the grief, that's when we want to go back, right? So all systems and a relationship is a system like status quo. So this system will pull to go back. That is just how it is. You're going to have to, you know, be aware of that and get through it and have a plan in place beforehand. What are you going to do? Can you Can you go on a trip? Can you stay with someone you love in a different place? Can you get a different job or start something new? So our minds can only do one thing at a time, which is a gift and a curse. But because we can only think of one thing at a time, if you start some little thing new, I'm not saying a huge thing, but if you start something, even a hobby, seriously, or a new book at the same time, so your brain has some new thing to work on and think about, that will help as well. So, and also being fair with yourself about changes that you might go through with your body, right? I mean, grief does funny things to people mm-hmm. and especially if there are children and you have to focus on them. Um, but I will have to say that it's not many times that people find themselves at that low point and then it comes back that fairy tale fantasy. Oh, we'll get through this. If it's gotten really ugly and you know, if you're listening and you know what I mean, you know, it's time to start thinking about how you can get out and what you can do differently.
0: Just to clarify. So what you're saying is when you do reach that low point in a relationship where it's become abusive in your experience, it's really hard to bounce back from that as a couple. Interesting. Because what
1: happens is you've started a new dynamic. It's best in general to avoid starting that path, right? So we get, we, it becomes the norm. So imagine it like this. The first time you have an argument, somebody hits below the belt, right? So you could avoid that forever and probably should, right? Because you set the way, the tone, the culture of your relationship. So the first time you start sliding down that path, you both look at it. Do you discuss it? Do you go back from that? Do you say like, and then does it happen again or does it not happen again? If it happens again, right, then the line keeps moving. Once you get to a place where it's sludge, that's how I describe it, right? Like you're filled with sludge, you're not safe in your home. And that can mean everything from true safety, emotional and physical, all the way to it's not a comfortable place. You feel like you're in eggshells. You can't relax. You can't rebuild. You can't um, rejuvenate in your home. It's very hard to go from that to a healthy place. It it is, you know, it can happen with a lot of therapy and supports of family and friends. It
0: goes back to the two people needing to decide, right? One person can't show up in the relationship and hope to change the outcome. Two people have to commit to that. And often when one person is being abusive, it indicates that they're not willing to create a healthy relationship with you
1: because they don't have one with themselves. Right. Yes. Their insides are hurting and they, that they, they just take it out on people around them. And that's unlikely to change without a lot of work, really big, hard work, right? Like soul changing kind of work. Um, and, you know, it's, that's really sad. And, and in fact, I think that might be one of the saddest, you know, in, in my work, I've seen that I've seen both the, you know, abuser and the person that's experiencing being in a relationship with somebody that's feeling that, sort of like wound inside. And, and that can keep especially if you love someone, it keeps people there because they think my love can fill the wound. My, mm-hmm. you know.
0: But we know unless you love yourself, no one can love you enough <laughs> to right. make you, you know, happy and content. Like that's going to come from you. So It makes perfect sense that your partner thinks they can come in and save you, but you have to save yourself first.
1: Yes. It's so hard though. Oh, it's, um, that's gut-wrenching and, you know.
0: Particularly if there are kids involved. Yes. I get, I get why people stay. I really do. I really, really do. Yes. Well, at least stay for a long time and really hope that it will change and turn the corner. Yes.
1: You know, I'm divorced. Um, it's very, very hard. Um, I mean, now I'm actually, I'm getting married again. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But I will say that, um, you know, when you have kids, there's a fear there's it's the biggest fears. So I, I didn't understand this fully. I worked with a lot of women who are going through a divorce in my career. And I have to be honest. I did not understand fully until I went through it. The fear is so visceral. It's fear about losing your children, mm-hmm. losing your, your home, losing the life that you live. Right. All, all of it. It's the most basic things and I will say that on the other side of it now, I, it wasn't, it wasn't a good or healthy and you don't want to raise kids in that, but I'm on the other side having gone through it. I know it's very, very difficult, but you have to think one year out and you have to be practical about, you know, what you can do to make your life, what you want it to be.
0: It's so true. I get the fear thing because my partner and I are picking up our dog on Friday. So that's, yeah, like three days away for us. And we're one year into our relationship and we live together. So we've gone through a few ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. as is. But now Mm -hmm. I think to myself and we've had conversation like, wow, there's a different weight to this situation. If we break up, we're mm-hmm. breaking up a little family. I've got a cat. Yes. We're now getting a dog. We've got fur mm-hmm. babies and dogs are mm-hmm. a lot more loyal to their owners than cats are. Like the dog yes. will be affected by the breakup. Um, yes. And it's like, that will be a huge part of my decision-making process. You know, there'll be yes. a weight to it and it will impact how I approach the breakup, you know, if we mm-hmm. ever reach that point. And there would be a part of me that will hesitate Regardless Uh of like, you know, how I'm feeling because (laughs) there are, there are little fur babies involved. And I can only imagine that it becomes more and more heightened when you involve children, you know, like you're not only thinking about yourself. So you're going to try and do everything you can to save that relationship, even at the expense of your own needs, you know, and safety perhaps. So I think that, yeah, there's a lot of compassion that needs to go on towards yourself when you are in that situation. You know, this isn't an overnight thing. But like you said, you just got to focus on Just one year ahead, what that looks like, you know, and how that is going to improve your life, even though the road ahead might be scary, daunting and challenging.
1: You know, also, I think, it, you know, putting yourself first, especially if you have children always, but who are watching everything.
0: I always say a child is only as happy as its mother. I swear, I swear by it. I come from that sort of family background. And when my parents got divorced, I was so happy.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. So happy. You know, it's, it's, um, when, when, when you are happy and content, you know, I have energy, more energy for, for my girls. I'm, you know, everything is. Um, lighter when your relationship is different. And that's, you know, I've seen that year after year after year in all my patients, anybody who's ever gone through anything like this, when, you know, their, their relationships are supposed to make your life easier, right? Yeah, that is supposed to add
0: value to your life. It's as simple Mm -hmm. as that. You are supposed to compliment one another, not drag each other down into the abyss. Yes.
1: (laughs) You know? Yes. And, you know, it can be one person is um, toxic and the other isn't, but it can also be, you're not a good fit. No, I
0: have definitely been toxic in previous relationships, not because I am a toxic person, but we made each other toxic. Something about the ingredients, just we were not working well together. Absolutely. I think that that's such important, like that's so important for people to know as well.
1: Mm -hmm. That's why it's so hard to to find...
0: your yes. Person. yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Because sometimes you don't even know why it's like in a past life, did we fight? Why are we bringing this out in each other? You know, there can be all of these pieces. There can be a bad guy. There can be a good guy, but, 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 but not always. Sometimes yes. it's just the chemistry. Well, you know? I think
0: some relationships are just supposed to be mirrors to what's going on for you. Like they're just mm-hmm. supposed to help you grow. They're not supposed mm-hmm. to be your forever relationship. You know, yes. but that's a really hard pill for some people to swallow, particularly women in their 30s who, like you said, want that commitment, want that family. Yes. You know, they yes. want that person to be their forever person. But the reality is they were just there to help them grow. And you've got, to, you've got to accept it for what it is. Otherwise you are going to get stuck in this toxic dynamic that we're talking about now. And if you introduce children into that dynamic, they're going to suffer more than anyone else. Exactly.
1: And yeah. once you have children... You know, you can divorce the person, but they're in your life
0: for the rest of your life and your children's life. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yes.
1: So, I mean, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. I'm lucky, um, that, you know, in my personal life that we're working pretty great, good at being parents, you know, but it's, it's a constant, Mm -hmm. it's a constant thing working for the most important thing. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So, you know, and and that's a common theme, but I will say that everybody's better when you're in relationships that are um peaceful, calm,
0: totally. Dr. Kelly, open relationships are such a hot topic. Yes. Do you believe open relationships can work? And if so, what tips do you have for navigating jealousy in an open relationship? Because I would just be so green,
1: yes. <laughs> like bright green. Yeah, uh, I, I, yes. So yes, anything can work, right? I, I, you know, anything that's safe that people agree to can work. Um, it does work. You see it; it works. There are some ways I've seen it work better than others. It. I've seen that when people start right? With this in mind, it tends to go well, better than, this is all generalities, but better than when someone's in a committed relationship. And then usually the way I've seen it is one person wants to have the open relationship and kind of brings the other person along with them. And that can be fun for a little while, exciting, right? It's different and a novel idea for most people but, but it can be a challenge for all the reasons you just said. So when I talk to people about open relationships or, you know, um, being polyamorous or how, you know, however people want to frame it. The first thing is that you have to frame it in your relationship. You know, it's not a come as you are, put it in, but no, but you know, not, not just like a we're willy nilly that will lead to a mess. It, yeah. it. You have to frame it. You have because to be it goes back
0: to... to boundaries, right? Some person's yes. boundaries might be crossed, but they didn't communicate those boundaries. So there needs to be yes. terms and conditions. Totally,
1: yeah. Very clear. Okay. Very very clear. You know, and people have all different. Um, sort of like rules and boundaries around this. I've seen people that like, like, uh, sex, sex, like, you know, penetration is okay, but no kissing, kissing and other things. Right. Like
0: I get that. That would be one of my terms. Absolutely. No kissing.
1: Yes, I think kissing yes. more
0: intimate than sex. It's crazy, but I do.
1: No, many people feel that way. Have you seen Pretty Woman? I mean, that movie from the 90s, like she was a prostitute, but couldn't kiss on the lips, right? Yes, like no kisses. So, Holding um,
0: hands to me is more intimate as well.
1: Yeah. Yes. All those little intimate, you know, loving yeah. gestures. And also, you know, like having sex, screwing is different than making love. We we know all these things, right? So is, you know, is so first of all, decide what's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Very clear, open communication. Mm -hmm. It has to be very, very clear and very, very prescriptive. More than um, an average couple might talk about sex, right? Like literally let's name things what's okay, what's not. Also, it tends to be that the other piece that needs to be prescribed is when, with whom, um, you know, not like just open, right? Like you're out and you have sex with someone. Is that okay? Or are we at these certain gatherings or parties? It's okay there, but nowhere else, right? You really have to figure all of these pieces out. And then obviously all the safe words and being comfortable with pulling back when and if one person says, Yeah. Okay.
0: The relationship has to be the priority.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. So of course it can. I mean, people, many people, right. Are engaging and there's, there's, you know, all sorts of things that are available to people. There's clubs, there's, you know, all sorts of things. Um, as long as both people are on the same page and usually safety is a huge piece as well. I would suggest this, I'm not in the relationship, but I would suggest that, you know, condoms, like safety, 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 safety.
0: That would be the biggest thing for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: I mean, with open communication, if that's what people are both, both wanting and no one's been, you know, sort of coerced, anything is possible.
0: True. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's happening all around us.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: But I, I think you do make an important point because I think most couples struggle with communication and I can yes. only imagine that that's magnified in an open relationship. So that's why you really have to be clear about those T's and C's and also check in with each other regularly throughout the process. Yes. Yeah, yes. So a listener wrote in saying, I feel like I attract the same partner over and over again, even though at the beginning of the relationship, they seem different to the last. She wants to know if she is doing anything wrong when it comes to picking a partner. Hmm.
1: Well, there is a common denominator there. So I would say it feels a little bit, are you doing anything wrong? Well, I mean, I'm a therapist. I don't know about the word wrong, but I would say that it feels like there's some unfinished business that's popping out. That's what it feels like to me. So when we're repeating patterns and you could have put anything in that sense, right? It could be anything that's happening that you don't like in your life, right? It sounds like she's not happy with this repeated partner, right? It's not a partner that's repeating that she's, this is great, this person's great. No, this is a pattern in her life that's repeating that is not making her happy. So it's mm-hmm. not working for her. So, uh, you know, um, it could be jobs, it could be, in this case, it's just partners. So I would say to back up, take a little break for a minute. And either work through with yourself, what is, like, what, what is it about this? What is repeating? What is it about this kind of partner that I'm attracting and that I'm attracted to? What is, what am I missing? Or what is it that I'm, you know, seeking that I'm not getting? And then the really big question, which might require the help of a therapist is why.
0: Yeah. It's like relationship inventory, get clear on all of the things. Yeah. But the yes. why is like you said, that's the, that's the, where the work is. Is it wounding? Yes.
1: yes. Why? Mm-hmm. And then, you know what the exciting thing is though, after you hang out in why, and you figure that out and you say, okay, I'm going to, then you get to do the really fun part, which is what do I want? Mm-hmm. So
0: like make the unconscious conscious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Figure out why you're repeating this pattern that doesn't work for you stop doing it by recalibrating what you want in life what you're manifesting what you want to attract what you want what you envision how you want to feel in your life not this way because this is not working (laughs) it's kind of like
0: the boundary stuff it's like get clear on what you want and then don't let anyone into your orbit that isn't aligned with that
1: (laughs) yes yes exactly yes yes I mean, you have to first. That to me sounds like there's something in there that's undone, right? When it keeps happening, I always think to myself, if I keep getting the same message from the universe over and over again, what am I supposed to learn that I'm not?
0: Yeah, you haven't learned the lesson. Exactly. So true. Here Look, it within.
1: Comes in. Look within.
0: Look yes. within. Don't externalize. Yes. They're the problem. It's like well, like you said, you they're the common denominator. So yes look within yourself. Why letting those people in over and over again? What haven't you learned about those people?
1: You know, what's funny, a therapist could help and would be, this is a perfect therapist question, right? Like give them the story and why help me figure this out. Also, your friends know why I'm guessing if she asks her friends, hi, um, have you noticed this about me? All of the friends are like, yeah, yeah, we have noticed. And you know, you know what I'm saying? I love girlfriends that
0: know. you say that because when I was single, I would always date these like finance narcissistic types and, but they were my type and my friends would yeah. sit me down and be like, we love you. Your type isn't working. They're dicks. <laughs> Yes. And I'm like, I I want a guy who's driven, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, but you can get that without the other stuff. (laughs) Like maybe you need to be the person, like, you know, embody those qualities that you want without seeking it outside of yourself. And that, I can't tell you how many years that took me to digest. Like that within itself is a meditation practice,
1: (laughs) right? I mean, but how powerful.
0: So powerful, but so... Long to digest,
1: (laughs) particularly in your 20s,
0: you know, when you're so like just entrenched in your type and this vision you have for your
1: life. (laughs) Well, and so what you did there was this is incredible. That's incredible. You, you know, we seek what we want, Mm -hmm. right? So you created it, you did it, you embodied it, you took it in, you did it, and then you're able to find somebody that. It's probably, there were probably other qualities you wanted to.
0: He is so far from my type. And do you know what? It is so healthy because I don't need anything from him. I just appreciate him. And that is the difference. I, you know, I look to my partners, my previous partners, because I needed something from them. And there was a power imbalance in that dynamic as well. I was dependent on them. I found myself in codependent relationships where they like to control me. Now me and my partner, we are besties. I don't need anything from him. We obviously grow and evolve and learn so much from each other, but because we admire each other for our differences, not because of what we need from each other. But that literally took me nine years of being single. So like, I get it. It's not an overnight job. (laughs)
1: yes but that's powerful everything you just said too that power imbalance especially right Mm -hmm. that's and i'm thinking back to our conversation about toxic relationships guarantee there's a power imbalance totally
0: absolutely absolutely
1: and also it's not uncommon
0: yeah but i was gonna say it's not uncommon for abusers to isolate their partners because they want that power imbalance Mm -hmm. right leave your job become a stay-at-home mom don't talk to your friends; they're not good for you. Let's move mm-hmm. cities. Let me get you away from your your family. You know all of the mm-hmm. things, all designed to create a power imbalance.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And and you know we know those things in our gut. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, you know so we can true. either ignore
1: it or or you know. But you you know, and I would say also, I I thought about this. You know, when we educate ourselves. About the the normal patterns, like patterns of abuse, and it helps sometimes because it shines light on things, and then we can say when something's happening and it's yucky, and in the moment you can sort of get perspective and think, "Oh, here we are." Yeah. And then you get loved bomb the next day. Oh, oh look at that!
0: Yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: I'm living in that cycle. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. Love bombing was like my specialty. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's right there. It's just so much sense because the feelings inside are so big. We got to fix this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So true. Okay. Last question. A lot of my listeners DM me about how oftentimes their needs go unmet when it comes to the people they're dating and they don't know how to communicate them properly. Do you have any tips for how to communicate your needs in a relationship? I mean, I feel like we've touched on this quite yes. a bit throughout our chat already, but yeah, I'm interested to see okay. what you have to say.
1: So actually, this is funny because this brings together what you have kept. You've said this a few different times in different ways. So there are three steps to getting your needs met. Okay. This is this, the first is you have to be able to recognize in yourself what you need. So, you know... I see people acting up and this is healthy people in healthy relationships. Mm. They, I call it acting up, right? Because some need is not being met. And so do things that are, you know, mildly unhealthy, right? Being passive aggressive. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, all those things. When really it's because they can't even identify within themselves why they're upset, what they need, what, right? That is not helpful and doesn't advance your relationship or your development as a human being. So the first step is know what you want. If you have to sit quietly by yourself for a little while, stop engaging with your partner, whatever it is. I like to say, I have to sleep off the devil. Totally.
0: I, I, what I'm hearing is like in those moments, it's our inner child acting out. They're not aware of what need isn't being met, but they're literally like having a tantrum or, and what I love about what you're saying is like, you literally have to put your inner child in a timeout. Yes, They, they cannot play with others in that moment. <laughs>
1: No, no. In fact, that leads to yucky places. Yeah. Everybody take a time out. Yeah. And then in my house, we call this recalibrating. You need yes. to recalibrate. Yeah. I don't care. Like take a nap, go to sleep, talk about it in the morning. You know, that idea, everything has to be worked out before you go to sleep. No, 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 no. no. That's often unproductive. No, I don't totally. just stop talking sometimes. Right. Because sometimes that's not. So figure out what you need. Step one, Step two is communicate it clearly to your partner. Mm -hmm. Try as hard as you can not to be snarky or, you know, um, or do it in a way that's sort of um, demanding, right? uh, Just a clear, "I, I have this need and this is the clear way that you can meet it, right? So if you do this, I would, that would be good for me. And the third thing is to expect your need to be met. So that's what we've been talking about this whole yes.
0: time. Yes. So yes. true. Like, don't feel like what you're asking for is unattainable or too much. Yes.
1: Yes. Because yes. we know the difference in our hearts between, you know, a need and a want. And and there are basic things that over time, so oh. needs, can, needs won't be met all the time, right? Partners are not parents. I, I say this to people all the time. They are not your parents. They do not have to meet your every need. They will not meet your every need. And the expectation that they will, will lead to a sad and unhappy place. So, but there are things, right? When you're in a situation where, when you have a need in a relationship, you need to be able to communicate that to your partner. So first know what it is, communicate it clearly, and then expect that they will attempt to meet that. It's that simple.
0: That's so cool. Honestly, I feel like people should take notes based on everything you've said today. You have been so amazing. Dr. Kelly. thank, thank you. you so much for coming on Sunday Dating Scaries.
1: Thank you. It was great to meet you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to not only the final episode of Sunday Dating Scaries, but also the final episode of the season. Over the next few weeks, I will be announcing some pretty major changes happening in season five. So don't miss out. Also, don't forget to sign up to the first ever Single at 30 online event being held by psychologist Rachel Dicasio and I this October via the Single at 30 Facebook group. The workshop is all about how to attract healthy love and why healthy love starts with you. So please sign up and share the link with the other modern women in your life. My modern women, I love you all and we'll see you next season.